Season three, episode 15, should you sell your old music gear? This is actually a really interesting topic because typically we think when we purchase new equipment, many times we wanna sell that old equipment to make the money back and help fuel purchasing new equipment to kind of offset the cost. But there has been times in my music production career where I look back and it's like, oh, I still wish I owned that piece of equipment for a couple reasons. One, to actually still use it from time to time. And two, because I do online beat making education, it's really nice to have my old equipment laying around where I can do videos, but there's actually more to it than that. And I have a list here, which I'll talk about in a moment in this episode. So before we get into this episode, I want to share members. If you go to itsgratuitous.com, you will now be able to watch the new course, the online music distribution course. This course is going to teach you how to upload your music to Spotify, Apple Music. You can use any online music distributor to follow along in this course. I teach you about your artwork things not to put into your artwork, how to prepare your artwork, as well as copyright issues that you might face with your artwork. I show you about mastering your music and your fade out times and what is kind of like a good volume for your master. And I also talk to you about your track list, which is the organization of your song. So in other words, what order your songs go in, which is actually kind of tricky. Again, if you remember, you can visit itsgratuitous.com. You can check out the course, all right? If you want to join the membership, again, visit itsgratuitous.com. You will see a way to sign up or you can purchase the course by itself. The course is called Online Music Distribution Course. Let's get into this episode about should you sell your music production gear? So I want to give you a perspective of how I started and then I'll talk about how I upgraded equipment and then again, why I wish I didn't sell my music production equipment. All right, so when I first started music production, I went over to a friend's house and he was using FL Studio. That was my first experience ever seeing a music production program. It actually took me a couple times seeing the program and then coming home and then thinking, I want to download the program and try it myself. I used FL Studio for about a month and then I ended up purchasing the signature edition of FL Studio. I remember thinking to myself, what am I doing? I just purchased this music program. I don't even know how to play the piano or, or anything, right? I was just like a super noob. I didn't know anything about music production. So over time, I kept practicing beat making just with FL Studio, the computer I had, and I had consumer Logitech speakers where they come with the two speakers and a little subwoofer. And that actually gave a really good experience because you're able to hear that low end kick. I highly recommend if you're a beat maker to have that subwoofer, even with your reference monitor speakers, once you start upgrading, because the sub allows you to not only feel your music, but you can actually hear the low end as you're mixing too. But as you keep reading online, you know, you're going to keep seeing, oh, you need to purchase reference monitor speakers, et cetera, et cetera, right? You need the audio interface so that you can plug those speakers in. Oh, you need a MIDI keyboard. So I started to purchase all this music production equipment. And for the most part, I got a really, really good experience. Okay. So the reference monitor speakers were five inch reference monitor speakers. I plugged them in and I was so disappointed that there was no bass. It's just the fact that a five inch woofer is not going to give you the bass from any brand, no matter how much marketing they're trying to sell you on. Okay. The fact is a five inch reference monitor speaker won't give you that low end that you need as a beat maker. So, anyways, that ultimately made me purchase a subwoofer with those five inch reference monitor speakers. 
that was an awesome setup. I had five inch reference monitor speakers and a subwoofer, and I'm still using that sub even to date. So I mainly want to focus on the reference monitor speakers when it comes to uh, selling your old equipment in this episode, because this is what's happened to me. So I ended up purchasing an eight inch reference monitor speaker because, you know, you end up reading online about different speakers. And I was like, oh, well, I'm new to this industry still. I wanted to try new equipment. So I purchased eight inch reference monitor speakers. And then I put the five inch speakers away because the audio interface I had at the time, I was not able to take advantage of multiple sets of speakers. And there's so many times where I'm like, I wish I didn't sell that equipment. And I want to talk about a couple of those. Okay. So first of all, over time, I learned that equipment, right? My ears were used to those speakers. And that's what you hear all the time from people, right? You learn the speakers, you start to know them really well. You learn how they translate. That was a huge thing. Another thing is when I do videos for my beat making courses or on YouTube, if I ever want to do comparisons or anything like that, I always like to have my old equipment laying around so that I can quickly share and educate you guys, right? Now, here's actually a couple other reasons maybe not to sell your equipment because these are things that happen over time that we hear over and over again, right? So many times the old equipment is built better. So think about that. If you purchased your speakers like 10, 15 years ago, and now they're making speakers today, are they actually making them better or are they removing parts or are they trying to cheap out? Because we see this with everything, with every product, right? Things look fancier, but the old stuff is heavier. It's built better. It's stronger, right? Many of the equipment from way back in the day is still running perfectly fine today. Whereas sometimes the new equipment, you can't even service it yourself, such as like cars and stuff. Another thing is that the price can actually go up over time if you buy it new again. So let's say I purchased those speakers for, let's say, $300. And um, when you are purchasing reference monitor speakers, the lower end speakers, many times you purchase them in a pair. So it might be $300 for the left and right speaker. As you start purchasing higher end reference monitor speakers, you are typically paying per speaker. So instead of $300 for the left and right speaker, it could be $300 each speaker for a total of $600. So that is just one thing to think about. If you purchase the equipment brand new, just like if you purchase a brand new car, the value obviously goes down right away because it's kind of like the new buyer's fee. If you hold on to that equipment, you know, it's always just nice to have in the background. For example, let's say the reference monitor speakers you upgraded to, let's say they fail. Let's say something happens with them. You have to send them into warranty. You have speakers to tie you over. This has actually happened to me with my audio interface. I was under warranty. I turned it on and it was just dead. I was like weird. So I ended up showing them over video. I was under warranty. I had to ship it in. I was able to just bring out old equipment. That's a huge benefit to have. So in other words, you have no downtime. It may not be the exact same experience in a sense of this audio interface I have is a monitor controller. I'm able to switch between different speakers, whereas other audio interfaces, sometimes you don't get that luxury. Or if you ever want to compare the old product with the new product, or if you simply just want to talk about it. So anyways, that has just been my experience that I ended up selling these five inch reference monitor speakers. And I would really like to still have them so I can use my monitor controller to switch between them because when you are mixing and mastering your music, it is so nice to be able to hear your music on different audio systems. And then you start to learn them over time. And then you know that your music is going to translate half decent out there. 
if you have the money, don't feel that you have to sell the equipment. In my case, when I purchased these, uh, you know, my speakers and stuff, I was working full time as an electrician. So it's not like I didn't have money coming in. So I could have kept them. I just sold them because, you know, I kind of had the mindset of, you know, I, I always want to make the most of my money. So why am I holding on to these speakers if I'm not using them? So if you want to learn FL Studio and how to make professional beats, you guys can visit me over at itsgratuitous.com. You can now check out the new course, the online music distribution course. If you're a member, you get access to that course as well as all the courses. And check out my new beat tape, Beat Tapes by Gratuitous, volume 10. I worked really hard on it. A lot of really powerful beats in there. I always tell you guys, if you want to be a good producer, it's all about being well-rounded. It's about learning different genres because you start learning the different secrets of these different genres, and then you can truly become your own producer, learning tons of the different tricks and skills and making your own style of sound, okay? I'll talk to you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed, and uh, always just keep in the back of your mind that you don't always have to sell that equipment if you have the money. You go, girl.